testimony 
We thank you, Lord, as we explore the possibilities of disaffiliation through so-called disorganized United Methodist Church caused by their lack of scripture and tradition and reason and experience. We pray your blessings upon Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 27 as we explore God's word and what God's word has to tell us about the movements in the last days. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 27. We come against all the chaos that's been occurring in the world the last couple years, not only in, in our church, but in the tremendous countries and lands that we live in. Pray for those who are traveling, Gary and Kathy Rose. We pray for those truckers and others who provide Holding, as we've experienced the devastation on the borders. We pray, Father, for financial desperation that's going on in the last few years. The inflation has just really got out of hand. And you have to be living in another world if you don't realize the cost of gas and groceries and other medical needs. We pray, Father, that we Keep our eyes on you and you're the, our source of power and our power source and our supplies. We pray, Lord, that you would get us through these very difficult times. We want to make our nation great again. We find devastation and so many false prom promises and even the very elect are being deceived and destroyed. We thank you, Father, for our Wednesday Bible study and we thank you for our Sunday school on Sunday mornings. We pray for Iron and Julie and we pray for Jayhawk and we pray for the gathering. There may be those by the way television or radio that would like to have a somewhat more contemporary youth-oriented worship service and, and the gathering provides that we pray for Abby and, and the great staff and great willingness of the gathering that helps support our, our church and Jayhawk and Wendy and Dan and Adam. We, we thank you, Father, for the blessings of those stewardship. Stewardship, those who cannot come to church, but they support the church by their gifts and their tremendous prayers. We pray for Janet Peterson, Lord, as I visit her, and she's always asking about those who are in church numbers that are in church and we may be small in numbers but we're great in quality and we, we remember those who are in need and we thank you Father again for those who financially and prayerfully support our church for these and others Lord we're reminded as we pray as you taught us to pray saying together our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, our scripture lesson is taken from Romans chapter 1, 16-27, and 
not only experienced devastating um, increase in crime in the last couple of years and our economy and everything seems to be going out of whack, but there is a time in, in the biblical times when certain parallels are running to the parallel time that you and I live in this window. And Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and following, we want to follow along. Power of the gospel, and it's really the gospel that's going to give you the, the true answers. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Then we find this increase in guilt as it's never been since recorded time in the last couple of years. It seems like every, everything is being turned around, right, wrongs and wrongs, right, devastation, economy. We find the guilt of humankind. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and even through the things he has made, so they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they knew God, or they say they knew God, they talked the talk, but they really didn't walk the walk. For though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claim. They claim to be wise. And this is kind of a cold rare from the book of Daniel. People were experiencing wisdom and knowledge was running to and fro. But claiming to be wise, they become fools. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being, or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. Therefore God gave them up to the lust, the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature. Served the creature rather than the creator, who was blessed forever. For this, Reason God gave them up to degrading passions. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural. And in the same way, also the men, giving up natural intercourse with women, were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameful acts with men and received in their own persons the, the true penalty for their error. And God bless the reading and the hearing. Mike, do you have a few words this morning? Well, in terms of settled, no shame. In our country, also not necessarily proclaiming good news. Instead, we give you a good reason we should share. We read here the next century Christ who go through during our life, starting to remotely comparable to the glory that God gives and will show us. The word here we, we read is translated as wrath. 
from the Greek word orge, which means teeming with or flowing. This doesn't refer to momentary anger that we feel here as humans. God's wrath is deep-seated emotional resentment and the incompatibility that God himself feels towards anything that's less than perfect and holy. Anything that's less than perfect and holy repels him. The message here is that what we're saved from, not just an explanation of who we are saved to. We're saved from a passionate, completely righteous expression of God's anger. That's what we've been saved from. We're not just going to God's love, we're escaping God's anger. God is a glorious example of extremes. His love is so strong, he died a bloody, tortured death on the cross to reclaim you and me as his family members. His wrath or sense of justice against anything unholy or imperfect is so strong, he allows a person to voluntarily, I'll say that again, voluntarily, spend eternity in hell. He didn't choose it, they did, by not choosing faith in him and what he's done. He made that sacrifice on, his, on, their, on, on their behalf. They are the reason. The unbeliever is the reason why Jesus went to the cross and died. He did that for everybody, including the unbelievers. Our last verse is the encouragement of our prayer life. Are you overly concerned about how you how to pray to God? What word do you use? Or even the context of them? This is unnecessary. The Spirit forms unspoken groanings or words from our hearts towards God directly into prayers that conform with God's will. Man, we're only bubbled words or we think we say correctly to God. He's looking at our hearts. That is the message that the Spirit gives to God. God receives those prayers directly from our hearts, and automatically they are first in harmony with His will. Don't overcomplicate the perfect union and spiritual communication you have with God. God knows the desires of your hearts before you even put them into words. You must be content and faithfully trust that He understands. Love and get the message we mean when we speak in for our prayers. Last year, like a Christian and hateful, he gets the right words. The Spirit conveys them from your heart. For our human and perfect words, the Spirit ensures that God the Father gets the right meaning and context. We can talk to him like we, talk, we would talk to a good and loving, trustful Father. That is what he is, and that is how we should talk to him. Thank you, sir. If you've been aware of many prophetic things and occurrences within the United Methodist Church and other denominations are under the policies of disaffiliation and, and they're breaking away for many reasons, and, and I think that 
previous congregations that have experienced division, disruption, and homeless focus in on these four areas that I'm going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking more about it in our coffee hour immediately following to get you a chance to kind of get dressed for that but in 20 to 30 minutes. My sermon title is Disaffiliation. It's a term that time of conflict in our beloved church, the confessing movement, and we're a part of that movement, the confessing movement, and if you've ever had the opportunity to see the Jesus Revolution, we're going to another Jesus Revolution. A number of our parishioners have done a number one, the number one for um, ever since it came out. It's the number one movie um, in the world today, the Jesus and it's reliving the Jesus movement, the Jesus movement. And as I went to that, I remembered the fact that when I originally went to seminary, I was kind of considered a Jesus freak. And it wasn't a negative term, but it was a positive term because there was uniqueness in serving Jesus. But I had a passion and compassion. And it wasn't that I isolated myself from any form of social gospel. During the 60s and 70s, the social gospelism and much of the masters and PhD thesis, many of the professors really emphasized social gospel rather than the inherent fundamentals of, of the Bible and Christianity. But during this time that you and I are, are living in, in tremendous conflict in our global church, we, we've really worked at trying to convert. Church, you know, I when I first was a part of the Jesus movement, you know, on Sunday mornings I go from church to church, Lutheran, Assembly of God, Methodist, trying to find the truth, and you know, I encounter many pastors from pulpits that would give give more readers digest versions of uh, being happy and, and being. 
Holy Scripture. And we're breaking away because not only issues within some of the mainline churches that are promoting sexuality and ordination of gay and lesbians, we love our gay and our lesbian friends because we believe that's incompatible, incompatible with the Christian gospel or what we just read in the Bible. to be Christian, uh, you follow scripture, you follow tradition, you follow, follow reason and, uh, and experience. But we uphold the authority of scripture and we teach and we proclaim our theological doctrine that was the purpose that birthed the early Wesleyan movement, the UV, Evangelical United Brethren, which merged the Methodist Church in 1968. United Methodist Church, 1995, it goes back to 1995, and even years before that, you know, 50 years ago, we, we find that in Africa and many of our European nations, they reported that they want a central, a more central conference of bishops wholeheartedly supported this proposal for regional, U.S. regional um, conferences which would determine what United Methodism was, that it was, would be regional, a kind of jurisdictional, rather than an annual or a, a continental United Methodist Church. And what happened is that we have reason to believe that the African bishops did not object to the connectional table proposal because they understood the plan to be narrowly applied to certain pension and, and legal, legal matters, and that would take a number of weeks just to get into that, not the matters of ordinational standards, and we're breaking away primarily because of ordinational standards, and we're paying a kind of a ransom fee for breaking away. Well, the African church would choose not to be a part of the denomination of the standards on sexuality changed, if they want to change the discipline at any sex outside of marriage is incompatible with scripture. The African church wanted to be more regional and leave the so-called United and that, that euphemism on United is, is really a, a kind of a wrong term because the African church not to be a part of the denomination. These standards of sexuality change according to the book of discipline, anything that's incompatible with scripture or tradition or reason or experience would not be a true Methodist. Well, the, cat, cat, the confessing movement is kind of a generic term that includes all those who confess the Bible as the true word of God as a standard, and it can be broken down to actually, if you look at that of Christ, it's over culture, which true Christians have always looked at, and Christ is within culture, rather than culture being over Christ, and that culture is going to change the standards. And this is kind of a new, new neo-Orthodox movement from Nazism, fascism, communism, Essence of 
support making the United States a, a regional conference. So there's kind of divisions even within certain stipulations or categories, and they're kind of all working it all alone. And whether it become a Wesleyan, go back to the Wesleyan that early books of belief in Wesleyan, whether it become a gold Methodist or gold Methodist, which would be where we would be kind of independent. We'd have our own church, we'd have our own right to call the ministers, and, and rather than being of the dictates of a certain cabinet or a bishop. Well, the CM is engaged in its key conversations with the centrists.
Hermann said the Young Church brand is, is too damaged. We're too damaged. We've damaged ourselves in the last 50 years of talks about schisms and differences. So we need a new church with a, with a new a new identity. 18% said in one out of five said to keep, keep the United Methodist Church together even if the Book of Discipline is not completely adhered to. Desperateness of, of 
daily existence. It went from a quadrennium existence of four years to a yearly existence to almost a monthly. And then they were cutting down district superintendents and bishops. And bishops started serving not only one state, but two or three states with the Methodists in Minnesota. The coverage was Minnesota and North and South Dakota. And when we entered into a relationship with North and South Dakota, they were so much more conservative than good old nice Minnesota that they were breaking away and they wanted a more conservative bishop. And then we find just in the last few weeks the hundreds of churches that have disaffiliated, some 400 within Florida alone. Father, we, we pray for our beloved church, the United Methodist Church. For recently, the Western Jurisdictional College, the College of Bishops met privately with representatives of major United Methodist traditionalists and college and trying to generate enthusiasm to go to seminary of prospective Methodist students and future clergy. And even the key centrists are an effort to work for significant changes in the United Methodist Church. And the primary purpose of the meeting was to develop stronger personal relationships. Stronger personal relationships. So we might work to avoid another contentious, contentious general conference, like the special gathering of the general conference in St. Louis. 2019 and was proposed in, in Minnesota. The major common agreement between the groups was that we cannot continue with our current state of the church beyond general conference. And many of the bishops varied in their opinions. And it was so tremendously incompatible, incompatible with scripture and at the same time they pushing woke, tremendous woke ideas. We prayed for our division, our disaffiliation, as we talked further in our coffee hour, as we listened to the news media. We examined our own hearts, Lord. Do we find ourselves lacking in scripture or tradition reason or experience? And we're disaffiliating because of our, the lack of scripture, the high view of scripture, that we truly believe that Christ should always be above tradition and above culture, rather than culture affecting Christ. Christ is called to affect scripture. And in the way we view our hearts and our lives, we're used to use scripture and tradition, reason, and experience as our yardstick and a barometer 
temperature of the Church of Jesus Christ. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, may we close with this prayer. Dear Jesus, help us to be opportunists. To seek opportunities of growth in our personal lives. View those obstacles as opportunities to see forth the gospel of Jesus Christ in our hearts and our lives. Help us not to be confused with this wokeness, but help us to find peace.
temptations in the wilderness. We acknowledge the temptation that pursues so many of us to measure our worth, our power, and our security by what we have. And as we offer these gifts to you this morning, we pray that you might deliver us from the temptation of building our lives around what belongs to us. Continually lead us to convictions that what matters is that we belong to you. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. 